You're listening to Radio Free Satan. Enjoy the show. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome everyone to another fantastic, exciting, very, very powerful episode of Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell. It is great to have you. It is July 8th, and I've got a great show for you this week. First, um, just in regular happenings this week, last week we uh, we previewed the very first uh, episode or segment or session, whatever you want to call it, of Down to the Crossroads, and we promised that there was going to be a new bumper and everything. Well, this week I've been doing that bumper. I've been uh, thinking about it, uh, sort of building concept, and it's pretty much just explaining what Down to the Crossroads means, if you were unfamiliar. I'm afraid it's a little bit too guiding by the hand, but uh, I still think it's it's really fun. It's in the vein of all of the other bumpers that I've done for the show, like Devil's Advocate, Infernal Informant, stuff like that. So it's very original in its um, production. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and Aaron may be the most important part in the entire bumper. So uh, look forward to that. I may be previewing that tomorrow or the next day online. Once I get approval from Anne, because you never know, she might hate it. Uh, anyway, uh, it, it was a lot of fun, and it, it's sort of one of those things, where whenever you're doing a new piece, and, and I don't know, maybe this is just me, you want it, one, to be the best that you can possibly produce. You, you know what I mean? I mean, you don't want to mail it in at all, you want it to be powerful, but you also don't want to go overboard, because... I mean, as I was talking briefly about last week, there's that pretentious element to it. I mean, let's be honest, this is the podcast. It's not some huge, grandiose, important thing. This is just kind of for fun. So I don't want to put too much time and effort into it, but then I don't want to put too little because then it'll sound like it didn't... I don't know. I, I, I deal with this every single day in my professional life, and then it's kind of weird, which is probably why I'm talking about it, to be dealing with it this much in my personal life. You know what I mean? It, it's... I, I tend not to think too much about things. Uh, I just sort of get it out there. You know, just <laughs> do your thing and move on. This, for some reason, and I think probably because it's involving someone else, uh, it, it's caused me pa- to pause a little bit more than I normally would. So anyway, uh, look forward to that being released next week. I'm hoping you like it. And right now we're tentatively planning the next um, Down to the Crossroads at the first episode of August. And I think that's around the 4th or something like that. So look forward to it. Um, and you know what? Did you like it? Did you enjoy it? Let me know. Info at 9centspodcast.com. Okay, so once again, Old Nick Magazine, hot as hell, summer issue is out. It is at the newsstands. Go pick it up. You can get your digital copy or you can get it mailed to you. Stop by oldnickmagazine.com for information and details. Um, yeah, Old Nick is uh, it's, it's the only... Literally, the only gentleman's magazine I read, and <laughs> unfortunately, it's not on like a monthly release schedule. So, <laughs> I mean, I if it w- if I had my druthers, 
I would. It would be like a weekly thing if we could, <laughs> if that could happen. I think that would be amazing. I wouldn't be able to advertise in it weekly, but I'd still love to get it weekly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just for the content, I think it's great. Uh, and uh, actually, I've I've looked a little bit harder at cigars because of Old Nick. I, I used to scoff at the idea of them until I read the uh, editorial on cigars, and so maybe you should too. Oh gosh, it has been a, a great week. Uh, exhausting week. I mean, the 4th of July, right? So I, we, re- normally what we do on the 4th of July as a family, as, as the Adam family, hey, the Adams family, hmm. <laughs> we get a whole bunch of fireworks. Every once in a while we'll have someone over, uh, maybe my parents, maybe some friends. Uh, this time, actually, it was just the family, and it was just perfect. It was fantastic. Uh, we barbecued. I had some amazing salmon. We uh, had some fresh-baked rolls, butter just dripping off them. It was delicious. And then we went outside as soon as it was dark while um, we were finishing up making some shortbread cookies, which actually didn't really turn out that great. I mean, they were okay, but yeah. Um, we started lighting the fireworks. And my son is a huge fanatic when it comes to lighting the fire. He doesn't really care about watching them at all. I think it's it's the pyromaniac inside of him. He just wants to light things on fire, and he knows that this is the only thing he can light on fire. So, with adult supervision, we, we like, sprayed down the lawn for ten minutes just to make sure it was nice and soaked, just in case, you know, you never know. And then we started lighting up the fireworks, and, uh, yeah, the kids don't care. They, they have no concept of patriotism. They have no concept of... of uh, what the day means. I mean, I, I tell them, I try to instill it, but they're kids, and so they have no experience to back it up. So eh, they're just like, mm, it's kind of just a day to light fireworks, so shut up, Dad. <laughs> you know? So we're out there, and my son is really excited. He's lighting one-at-a-time fireworks, and instead of watching the one he just put off, he's, like, rummaging for the fuse of the next freaking firework. He just doesn't even care at all about, like, enjoying it. I'm gonna have to maybe work on him a little bit on that one. But, uh, we we are surrounded in our, our neighborhood by old people and uh, well Mexicans. I mean, to be quite honest, and it, it literally old people, old white people, or Mexicans. Like that that is my neighborhood. Really kind of bad for the kids because they don't have a lot of kids to play with. But um, the the Latin family across the street, who I have spoken to, I have gone to their daughter's birthday party by invitation. I like we know each other. Uh, they had other. Um, Latin families with them celebrating, and I mean, I gotta hand it to them. Even if it's just an excuse to laugh fireworks, hey, they're celebrating in the uh, traditions of America. That's that's amazing. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's really interesting because as soon as you get more than one, and maybe it's just this isolated situation, but I don't think so. As soon as you get more than one uh, Latin dude together, they suddenly turn more Latin. It, it's the same idea as like if you're talking to a black guy. He's just a guy. He's, he's not a black guy. He's just a guy talking to you. You get two or three other black guys around him, and he's a black guy. And you know that by their the way they speak, their body language. They change. I don't know why. I, I have no idea what's behind the culture, but Latin guys are the exact fucking same. So the same guy that helped me remove a tree stump from my front lawn with his truck, the same guy who we talked to each other about our daughters, uh, the, the same guy that I saw their, went to their birthday party for, uh, actually he doesn't even speak English when other Latin dudes are around. And they're sort of just like, hubra, 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 to themselves, that's, my, that's me speaking Spanish. <laughs> Hold on, my cell phone, sorry. Um, yeah, so, I mean, they just, just 
fall back on their native language and act like gringo is some weird bug. And so when it came time for my son to light off some aerial um, ones, <laughs> I don't know if there was just rocks underneath it or what, but as soon as the first one went off, it tipped over toward us, and a couple of the aerials shot between me and my daughter's heads, and like under the car, and then it flipped over the other way, and they shot into their fucking yard. And what they didn't do that I did was wet down their lawn, and so a fire started on their lawn. And it was on the side of their house, so they couldn't see it from where they were in the front, but me, across the street, could see it very clearly. So I immediately, my hose doesn't reach over there, there's no way I have enough water pressure to reach. So I immediately start walking out in the street, like, yelling at them, hey, I'm sorry, but I lit your yard on fire, you have a fire on your lawn, and I'm pointing right at it, and I'm screaming that there's a fucking fire, and they're looking at me like they don't understand English, and they're just talking to themselves, and it's not just the guys, there are kids there, there are wives there, and every fucking one of them is looking at me like I'm some weird monk, like shaved white monkey dancing in the street, and they're just amused looking at me, freaking out that there's a fire on their lawn, that they're apparently not understanding that I'm saying fire like how clear do you have to be and i i wouldn't even be it wouldn't be a deal at all to me if i hadn't known this guy for years <laughs> like he he speaks english i know he understands me and he acts like he fucking doesn't to his detriment there's a fire on your house and he's ignoring me ah what, what is with people? Can't you just drop your cool fucking facade for two seconds and put out the fire that I started on your lawn? <laughs> it is bad because I'm at fault, but they're the ones being the douches. So ultimately, they, oh, they understand my English, that their broken English vocabulary comes through, and they understand that there's a fire ultimately, and they go and put it out. So no harm, no foul, and I'm like, hey, sorry about that, and then in perfect non- Fuck, it's just perfect sounding English. No problem, man. What the fuck? Are they just trying to mess with me? Is this... Is it just some conspiracy that every... Every single demographic has with white people to make us feel fucking retarded? <laughs> like, why didn't you just... Why... Did you just want to see me freak out? Like, was that it? At the beginning of the day, you're like, Hey, you know what? I don't care how we're going to do it. Some point today... White boy across the street is going to freak the fuck out and we're going to watch him. You're going to love it. He does it all the time. Uh, just just watch him. He's like a shaved monkey. It's it's glorious. Just just act like we don't understand him for a while, you know. Oh, fuck, man. I feel like a dancing freaking retarded monkey. And the fucking fire was the uh, music box dude turning. And I'm just dancing to the fucking tunes. Weird. Alright, so that was my 4th of July. I hope yours was a little bit better. And honestly, beside that little incident, it was actually a really good night. I didn't get bit by any mosquitoes, which is like a annual thing. I get assaulted. I get I get gang-raped by mosquitoes normally on 4th of July. This year I didn't. It was nice. And uh, the next street down was doing some amazing aerials. So, uh, you know, it, it was really great. And we were actually lucky because up in Park City, which is up... Uh, uh, through the canyon on the actual mountain. Uh, we had so many fires in Utah just in this last week that they refused to let anyone do... I mean, there was a ban on all fireworks of, and even sparklers. So, you know, we were lucky that there wasn't any city ordinance or ban or anything like that and that we could light them off. And it was a lot of fun. I, I love the 4th of July, partially because of the fireworks, but uh, there's always something that happens, <laughs> you know, that's exciting and funny and a, a little bit... Uh, a little bit of uh, heart in your throat.
so that was mine. Uh, how was yours? <laughs> and I don't care, because I can't hear you. So, uh, I do have a great show for you, like I said. Uh, in The Devil's Advocate, we're going to be talking about how to break the news. And this is actually at the tail end of, and actually it might actually be like the last little bit of the Satanic Witch, um, which is the reprinting of The Complete Witch by Anton LaVey. A uh, really great, great book. Um, a, a couple of really amazing Satanists are doing some um, a collection of, of suggested reading at the tail end of this book. They're doing a collection of those books. So check out that if you see it online, and, and maybe I'll toss it out uh, in the show notes. Or, or maybe just through social networking or something. But anyway, look forward to that in The Devil's Advocate, How to Break the News. And then in Infernal Informant, I have uh, video shows killing of Afghan woman accused of adultery. And uh, this is actually an article that was sent in by a gentleman a couple weeks ago. But I didn't know that you had, like, page messages on Facebook because apparently I'm a freaking Luddite. So I found it, and now I'm going to do it. Robber who broke into hair salon is beaten by its black belt owner and kept as a sex slave for three days, fed only Viagra. Wow. And in the creature feature, I'm going to be giving you uh, my personal review of The Newsroom. Now, I gave you the opening snippet of it last week. Um, The second episode was out tonight, is airing the third episode. And I'm going to kind of give you my little brief rundown on it, and it it sort of ties into why I do what I do, and... um, hopefully why the rest of any information disseminating human beings do what they do. Uh, So that's going to do it for the show. So sit back, hold tight, another Devil's Advocate starts right now. Say why bother? How you done? Great. Let's cut the bullshit and get real. Why this purity you feel about evil? For Christ's sake, why? Don't lie to me. I guess, Father. You gotta feel that old nick in your soul, and it becomes clear. Like it did for me, the first time. That's when I realized my one true calling in life. And what's that? Shit, man. (laughs) I'm a born devil's advocate. Welcome to the devil's advocate. I'm a Satanist. I'm a member of the Church of Satan. But I do not speak for the Church of Satan. That is all. Alright, I'm really excited for this. I've been waiting. I did one uh, Devil's Advocate on the Satanic Witch before, a real early one. I'm going to be going into it a lot more in detail in future (laughs) episodes. Uh, So I'm I'm really excited to be doing this this week. Um, And this is actually how to break the news. You're going to find it on page 262 of the Satanic Witch version of this. And this is actually the re-release, so... Uh, take it for what you want. So I'm going to read the first paragraph, and then I'm just going to sort of touch on the points and give you my own little flavor of that. Uh, how do you break the news to your family, friends, and associates that you are a witch? Well, start out kidding. Very few people will get angry if they think you're not serious. 
Unless they're right out of the Middle Ages in their thinking, and be warned, there are still some around. The majority, however, will accept you as a witch. So as long as you keep lighthearted about it, it'll be easy enough to spot those who want to take you more seriously, and subsequently admit your sincerity to them. And this is actually can be a huge gift to some people. Uh, for a couple reasons. I'm going to touch on the gift of you are giving them an insight into who you are as a human being. And for someone who is leading a very banal existence, adding this uh, into their universe is huge! And, I mean, it could actually, you have to obviously, you know, use your best judgment here. Because some people will latch on to you obsessively about it. But, um, you know, it makes them feel special that you let them in on this secret. You know, air quotes there. So uh, it, it can actually strengthen a relationship. It can make them feel like they're a part of you suddenly. Um, <clears throat> but like I mentioned just a second ago, it can also make people obsessive over you. Like um, you are their personal witch that they can sort of bug for everything. So you need to be clear uh, boundaries. You have to set boundaries. I mean, really with any relationship you have, platonic or sexual or just you know, meeting on the street. You have to set boundaries between you and other people. But if you've done that, and you decided to sort of bring them into the fold by by uh, admitting who and what you are, yeah, it's just going to strengthen that bond. All right, so um, let's talk briefly about, like, if you're breaking it to your kids, and, and, and Anton LaVey addresses it in the book brilliantly, um, Kids are really great about stuff like this because they still live in that magical world. Now, the Satanic Witch, in my opinion, is where we really do break down into that um, psychological, atheistic worldview. It's really not a mystical approach on anything. I mean, it, it, it's Satanism, so th there's no mystical anything associated with it. Um, but when you're talking to kids, that life itself is mystical. You know, they don't really understand everything. Um, they don't... They, sorry, there's a freaking airplane going overhead. They don't really comprehend everything that's going on in life. Um, and so... And, and they watch fairy tales that you're reading them stories as they're going to bed. And so they really are wrapped up in this mystical, magical world. And by, by admitting who and what you are to them, they will inevitably just be fascinated they will just sort of be enamored with what you're telling them. And the best way to do that is through exercise, through experience. Now, if you decide to tell children, um, yours or anyone else's, I mean, make sure it's appropriate because <laughs> society can see this as a weird thing. Uh, and there can seriously be uh, repercussions if it's not your children. But if it's your child and, and you're going to tell them that you are a satanic witch or a satanic warlock... Um, a practitioner of magic, as it were. You know, make it fun for them. You know, and maybe have them uh, make a doll if they have a crush on one of their, you know, little child schoolmates. Uh, you know, and a little effigy of the kids, or or uh, tell them stories and and talk about a place that they've never visited, and have them draw and color the place, and you help them do it. And then talking about the place, and you sort of have transported them to that place uh, by by you telling him what you are, or her what you are, and actually acting it out. You know, make them a part of your world, and they will absolutely adore you for it. They will have a blast doing it, and you will just 
you know, get a little bit closer to your kids, have a little bit stronger of a bond that may or may not have been there or may or may not have developed in that way. Uh, it's really great. Um, adults, you know what, they're, they're kind of weird. Uh, men are generally okay, as Anton LaVey states in, in, in The Satanic Witch. Um, you know, if you're a woman outing yourself as a witch, I don't know any men who don't find that sexually attractive. And that can actually be part of the problem in that <laughs> if they were already attracted to you, they're going to be obsessive about it. If they weren't attracted to you, they will become attracted to you. Men and the idea of a witch, a woman who is in utter control of herself and others around her, is immensely, immensely attractive. Women that understand sexuality and desire and need and uh, manipulation, that is literally at the top of, of every man's list. Um, no one wants a broken person. Uh, you may think you do, and there may be parts of your psyche that want that. Um, for whatever sadistic or, or, or masochistic, you know, depending on who you are, need. But most people, most human beings on this planet, love, love people of, of authority and power. And that is attractive. And witches are that personified. So yeah, men are going to love it. If, if it's a couple, you always have to be careful. And, and the bulk of this section of, of writing in The Satanic Witch is centered around this. So I'm not going to go too far, far into it um, than I already have, but when it's a couple, you have to realize that there's there's always sexuality attack, attached to um, being a witch. And so sometimes women are going to find it um, threatening, so you have to you know, take the approach of disinterest in their men. Some men um, will find it attractive, and it could actually damage their relationship. If you're married... You know, there, there's a lot of things that can go into it. So you have to understand what you want out of opening up to them, what you know that they'll react as, because hopefully if it's friends, you know them, uh, you know their reaction, and then use that uh, to get what you want. Use that to enact that, that ultimate goal of, of outing yourself. Uh, any witch worth her salt will be able to flawlessly manipulate her surroundings. And uh, that includes women, not just men. So definitely read this book. Definitely check out the article. Um, and it's not really an article. It's sort of like the tail end of a section. Uh, read it. it. It's really fascinating. Anton LaVey is a brilliant, brilliant author and, and certainly understands which is more than... Uh, virtually anyone I've ever met in my entire life. So, uh, yeah, I've met, I've met a few uh, pretenders <laughs> in my time. None of them can touch this guy. Uh, brilliant insights. The Satanic Witch. Check it out. Let's go ahead and move on to the Infernal Informant. Alright, we're going to start off with BostonHerald.com. This is Video Shows Killing of Afghan Woman Accused of Adultery by Laura King and Amal Yaquibi. I think that's right. Uh, LA Times. This is posted today, the 8th. 
Uh, Kabul, Afghanistan. Human rights activists and Western officials expressed horror Sunday as a video showing a young Afghan woman who has been accused of adultery apparently being shot dead in front of a crowd of jeering men in a village only about an hour's drive from the capital of Kabul. Authorities in Parwan province, where the NATO, I'm sorry, where the NATO has one of its largest bases, said they believed the images shot in late June were authentic and vowed to pursue those who carried out the killing. The Taliban movement issued a statement denying responsibility for the women's execution. Local offshoots of the Islamist movement often carry out harsh punishments without the specific approval of the group's leadership council. NATO's international security assistance forces condemn the apparent killing, the latest in a series of gruesome attacks against Afghan women to be made public in recent months. The footage came to light on the same day that the international donors in Tokyo were approving billions of dollars in development aid to Afghanistan, some of its conditional on a committee to protect women's rights. The 122nd video, which was first obtained by Reuters and later distributed via YouTube, shows a woman in a white shawl kneeling in the dirt, crouching in terror. She could not speak even a word in her own defense. She then crumples after apparently being shot dead at close range by a gunman before a crowd of more than 100 shouting men arrayed on a dusty terraced hillside. The Parwan provincial governor, Basir Salanji, said it was believed that the incident had taken place on June 23rd in the village of Kumchiak, I think, in uh, Shinarwi district. He expressed disgust at the events depicted, which were reminiscent of the harsh public punishments that were commonplace when the Taliban ruled Afghanistan before the U.S.-led invasion of 2001. A provincial spokesman, Rashna Khalid, said the victim was a 22-year-old woman named Najiba. She said local police had swiftly reported the incident and the video was now being treated as evidence. With the clip we have, we can identify some of the per perpetrators, she said. Human rights activists and women's groups reacted with dismay, saying the killing was part of a pattern of systematic abuse. This is horrible, said Fauzi Kafi, a woman parliamentarian. There are so many claims of pro progress on behalf of Afghan women, and then something like this happens, and so close to the capital. If the government is serious about women's rights, it will take serious action. Uh, Mohammed Musa Mahmoudi, head of Afghan's Human Rights Commission, said during the last three months alone, 58 murders of women had been documented across the country, most of them so-called honor killings, in which a woman is deemed to have disgraced her family by illicit contact with men, even if she is a victim of rape. It's shocking in terms of the situation of women in Afghanistan, he said. Women face so much violence. That's the end of the article, and I, <laughs> I, I have a hard time reading stuff like this. I mean, I was I was raised by women, and it's my my developmental years instilled one truth in my worldview of women. And that's that they are complicated, duh, powerful, duh, and really at the mercy of the society they live in. We, as, as human beings, um, just as developmental side of, of mankind, as it were, 
women were really used as property. They were really used as um, uh, ways to propagate the species at its core and, you know, sell off to other men to continue having children to help work in the fields and et cetera, et cetera. We've really turned a corner in the Western world where women are on almost equal ground as men. And actually, this election, this 2012 presidential election, is going to prove that women have the majority of say in our society. In fact, um, it's the the women vote and um, break that down by minority that are going to turn this election one way or another. When I hear about third world countries like Afghanistan enacting third world politics like murdering an innocent woman who is a victim of rape I just see red I don't understand I with my developed brain <laughs> I cannot for the life of me understand why a father would allow that to happen why a mother would stand by damn the culture why brothers would let that happen and why the the assailant would just be able to go on because that's just the way it is she shouldn't have been wearing her shawl so loose she was inviting it this shit pisses me off and there's it's it's impudent rage because i can't do anything about it we're across the sea but this is the culture that the rest of the world lives in is it any wonder why no one takes third world countries seriously they're still shitting on their hands and murdering their daughters, their mothers, for fucking retarded reasons like this. And let's say she did cheat on her shitty husband. Big fucking deal. There's a reason. There's a reason why people cheat, and it's usually not their, uh, theirs. Everyone looks for validation in life. And the majority of cheating, it there's an element, and this is just my opinion, there's an element of boredom, that comes into play. Uh, there's an element of power and importance, but the majority of it is just validation. You want to feel that spark in life again that you haven't felt for X amount of time. That's what cheating is. It's, it's something fresh. It's something new. It's something exciting that happens. And, and as my, my uh, late father's girlfriend eloquently put, and I may have said this before on the show, but I'm going to say it again. If you don't give your man what they need, they're going to get it from someone else. Uh, Plain and simple. You don't like it, you're not happy about it, but guess what? That's the fucking reality of the world we live in. And it goes both ways. If you don't give your woman what she needs, she will go somewhere else. So let's pretend that this woman was not the victim of a rape. And she actually did cheat on her man. It's still her man's fucking fault for not doing what she wanted him to do. You have to, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna tie yourself down in a relationship, you have to realize that it's give and take. The whole way through. You have to understand that everything that they're doing to you really is just them telling you that's what you want, that's what they want you to do to them. And, and that's really the, the ultimate secret in the bedroom for someone who's been married for a long time. You have to pay attention to their needs. And if she is a victim of the rape, why are you killing her? Why are you looking for the asshole who did it and killing him? 
This is such backwards thinking, and this is the Islamic Judeo-Christian fundamental core that I absolutely cannot abide. This is the cancer that has infected mankind for thousands of years. We have to be able to get past this. It's insanity. And there's entire countries. It's not just Afghanistan that do this. Entire cultures spreading borders. We're allies with most of them. And this is happening. God damn. Alright, so that, that's that article. Sorry, I, I don't mean to go off at you. I know it's not your fault. Okay, so this one's Daily Mail, um, Mail Online here. Robber who broke into hair salon is beaten by its black belt owner and kept as a sex slave for three d- days. Uh, dot, 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 fed only Viagra. And this is by a Daily Mail reporter, uh, updated 12 July. A Russian man who tried... You, you know, there's no... I actually thought this was going to be in U.S., so hearing it's in Russia is a little bit... Uh, yeah, that's nice. Uh, who tried to rob a hair salon ended up as the victim when the female shop owner overpowered him, tied him up naked, and then used him as a sex slave for three days. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> like, that was... It's like a dream for most men. It's funny. Victor Jasinski, yeah, seriously, ski, 32, admitted to police, 32, oh, look at that, he's uh, at the tail end of his uh, real prime, admitted to police that he had gone to the salon (laughs) in Meshkovsk, I don't fucking know how to say that, Russia, with the intention of robbing it. But the tables were turned dramatically when he found himself overcome by owner Olga Zajak, 28. Okay, so... Olga is not an attractive-sounding name, but there's an image here, and though her eyes and nose are sort of pixelated out, not too bad. I mean, really. She's not, like, all scarred and weird, so, eh, not too bad. Uh, she's 28, entering her sexual prime, uh, who happened to be a black belt in karate. Okay, I gotta say, whenever someone tells me they're a black belt in karate, I can't help but laugh my ass off, because... There's literally two types of people that would ever admit to being a black belt. Uh, someone who actually goes and fights in tournaments and is actually a really great, powerful fighter. But more often than not, someone who is just a terrified jerk-off that just wants to sound like they're cool. And they're really just douchebags. But this girl is fucking a 28-year-old black belt and she was actually good at it. I'm amazed. This never happens in life. Okay, so she allegedly floored the would-be robber. With a single kick. <laughs> Wait a second, wasn't this like the plot to like Karate Kid 3? Uh, <laughs> then in a scene reminiscent of Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction, police say Zajak dragged the semi-conscious Jasinski to a back room of the salon and tied him up with a hairdryer cable. She allegedly stripped him naked and for three days used him as a sex slave to teach him a lesson. Force feeding him Viagra to keep the lesson going. <laughs> that was my shitty <laughs> impression of the opening surf guitar of uh, Pulp Fiction. Wow. Oh, the, the would-be robber was eventually released, <laughs> drained of all fluids, with Zajak saying he had learned his lesson. Jasinski went straight to the police. Ah! and told them of his backroom ordeal, saying that he had been held hostage, 
handcuffed naked to a radiator and fed nothing but Viagra. Both have now been arrested. When the police arrived to question Zajak, she said, What a bastard. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try to do this in an accent. Yes, we had sex a couple of times. But I brought him new jeans, gave him food, and even gave him 1,000 rubles when he left. She made him his <laughs> She made him her whore. <laughs> that is awesome! Okay, now, the last article, I had touched on rape, and I was... I was seeing red against it. Now, this is talking about rape, and I'm laughing my ass off. That's the duality of mankind that is personified in our culture. The idea that a man can be raped is somehow absurd. Even though it really can, and it's really... I mean, it's just as damaging to their psyche as if a woman is. But because their cultures are so fucked up... And we see women as fragile and vulnerable, but men, we always see as these sexual, sort of crazed maniacs. It's it's okay for them to be raped, but not for women. So, I mean, I, I wanted to read this partially to sort of touch on that, that it's still a fucked up thing to go through. But um, they're not dragging him out and shooting him in the head for it. You know what I mean? He was the victim. Shouldn't he be shot? No, not in Russia. Pretty crazy, crazy article. Uh, I, I would never have guessed this could have happened in Russia. And I mean, she bought him new jeans. Isn't that reparations <laughs> enough? <laughs> like, that is so funny. I got him Levi's. Is this no good? Uh, no, how do you say uh, satisfactory? <laughs> that was actually horrible, Russell. Uh, just, just absolutely insane. Okay, so that's going to... I'm going to have to end it there. Um, yeah, maybe we should start... Uh, really taking it seriously, but it's really seriously hard to when you have an end quote like that. I gave him 1,000 rubles when he left. <laughs> and sore junk. My God. Let's go ahead, take a short break, and uh, wrap this bad boy up with the creature feature, shall we? Venture down into Lambert's basement and join me, Dave Ingram and Igor, where we time travel via nostalgia to a golden age of big band swing and jazz, only available on Radio Free Satan. are different than cats and hey what if jack nicholson were hey what if we are the world was sung by the cast of friends i think it might go something like this hi everyone i'm jay leno anyone remember when i was funny eat doritos ladies and gentlemen dane cook are you fed up with comedy that's made for the masses sick of stand-up comedian hacks with the same old routines that you've heard a thousand times before Equally tired of shock jocks who equate loudness with laughter? Hello, my name is Reverend Bill M., creator and host of The Devil's Mischief, a show where every week I present a new hour of comedy and novelty of devilish proportions. So tune in to The Devil's Mischief. Visit devilsmischief.com or radiofreesatan.com to download the latest podcast. The Devil's Mischief. 
Carnal Comedy Clips and Netherworld novelty numbers simply not made for the masses. Are you looking for music from the 80s and the new wave, post-punk, and other hits? Jay Nothing, the host of the Metro, will take you back to the 80s with songs that made the decade of me so memorable. Get the weekly updates at RadioFreeSatan.com. And remember, Hail Satan. Oh, God. No. Just me. Did you know that after the heart stops beating, the brain can function for well over seven minutes? We got six more minutes to play. Why are you screaming when I haven't even cut you yet? Welcome to Creature Feature. Alright, the newsroom. I wanted to talk about this because I was really impressed with the first episode, though for no reason of the actual show. <laughs> Just the, the sort of diatribe that the uh, main cable news <coughs> anchor character, played by Jeff Daniels, um, uh, sort of went off on during the interview. And it was the same diatribe that I um, played for you last week. Okay, so the newsroom. The synopsis goes as this. Uh, the series centers on a cable news anchor, Jeff Daniels, his new executive producer, Emily Mortimer, his newsroom staff, Allison Phil, John Gallagher Jr., Olivia Munn, uh, Dev Patel, and Thomas Sadowski, and their boss, Sam Waterston. Together, they set out on a patriotic and quixotic mission to do the news well in the face of a corporate and commercial obstacles and their own uh, personal entanglements. So, I, the, the premise is as this. Um, the main characters are tired of doing news that is just expected, you know, sort of like the news we get nowadays. They do it for ratings rather than for content. Um, they do it to push agenda rather than to inform the public. And this is really just a jab at, like, cable news. Because local news never really gets in full detail of, of real important things. They're just talking about the cat who was rescued uh, from the tree and why plastic bottles could be dangerous news at night. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, like, really sort of retarded stuff. When you're talking about <clears throat> cultural and political grounds, well, that's where the cable news networks really take the cake they really go into detail. The problem is it's all agenda-based, as I said. So this show is um, talking about one of those types, um, but really, Jeff Daniels' character is, is tired of, uh, of, of doing this. He sets out to really redefine what it means to deliver uh, the news, and it's it's really sort of driven by uh, Emily Mortimer's character, the the new executive producer, who you know through the sort of situation drama of the story was actually an ex girlfriend who, if you've seen the second episode, spoiler alert, don't listen anymore if you haven't seen it, had uh, cheated on him, and that's why they originally broke up. Uh, so she went off to like uh, real news reporting at wars and conflicts abroad, and he stayed here doing hack newsman material. So, why do I like this? Um, I, I like the premise of it, 
in that someone's trying to deliver real news after having delivered shit for years, um, because it, it parallels reality, like I just said. We, we do live in a world that is agenda-driven, and all of our news is filtered through corporate interests, and all of our politics is filtered through corporate interests. And so we are literally only exposed to what corporate interests want us to be exposed to. That's why I, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, people like Al Jazeera, um, uh, The Guardian, because that's outside of our uh, bubble, our American bubble. Okay, so um, aside from that premise, the writing is really good. Um, uh, Aaron Sorkin, uh, he just did that Facebook movie, The Social Network. Um, but you have... you have. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of character interaction and, and drama. So... The premise of the newsroom is takes back seat to the actual interactions of the characters, and that's that's where I really love uh, just character development. I really love good writing, and this is chock full of it. At least for the first two episodes, we'll see about episode three tonight. Um, I, I'm loving this show, and if you are a fan of of really expected behaviors in character development, but modern twists on them. I mean, there's some really great situations with uh, email that if you've ever worked in a corporate environment is is sort of, you know, tongue-in-cheek but can actually happen uh, or maybe it's happened to you. Um, but it, it, it's sort of a modern dramatic take. It's not that, that sort of hack one-camera comedy show sitcom take, you know, on, on the, the cable, or I'm sorry, on the network shows. This is actually a really, really fantastic show, and I'm hoping... Uh, actually, I know they did just pick it up for a second season, so I'm hoping the rest of this season plays out well, and they really develop this. And another thing that's really great is the first episode um, spoke directly to, to Katrina, and then they address it in the second one, and they, they address really colorful characters like Sarah Palin, for example. And this is a very liberal take on things, so don't watch this expecting... Um, one truth or reality. This this is just a liberal creative take on what it would mean to give news um, without an agenda. And I say that because <laughs> um, I think reality is sort of mainly liberal. But <laughs> you know we apply rules to reality, um, and that's what makes it conservative or or you know whatever. Uh, great show, the newsroom. Check it out if you haven't seen it. The first episode is free, streaming online, YouTube or uh, HBO.com and, uh, I don't know, Netflix and stuff like that. Uh, it's on Sunday nights, and, uh, yeah, HBO, check it out. That's going to do it. Yeah, not just for uh, the uh, Creature Feature. That's going to do it for another show. Wow, we're actually really under. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll do this before I close it out. Every time. Yay, it's a bizarre, bizarre bonus segment. Woo! We're actually under time for once. Actually, we have almost 15 minutes to burn. So uh, I'm going to uh, do a couple minutes on something that's really not an attractive topic at all. In fact, it's a disgusting, vile, vile topic. So if you don't want to hear it, turn it off now, because I'm going to talk about it. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about wiping your ass. That's right. 
and then sing poop on your finger. <laughs> oh, it's funny because, like, as, as a grown person, sometimes you're, like, eating food and you bite your cheek. You're like, wow, I've been eating my whole life. Why did I just bite my cheek? That doesn't make any sense at all. And you wipe your ass every single day if you're regular <laughs> and you don't have any issues. And then once in a while you come up and you just sort of happen to glance at your hand and there's something on it, your finger. <laughs> now, this has never happened to me. Ever. Definitely not yesterday at all. It never happens to me at all. <laughs> but it's like it's like one of those weird quirks that happens to fucking everyone at some point in their life. Like, maybe you misjudged the the uh, toilet paper crunch that, that you go through. I mean, everyone sort of has their own method of using toilet paper like like I like to pull off a couple and then crumple it up like sort of like a uh, like an organ or something not an organ uh, what are those um, well anyway you just crunch it up together uh, so it's like this wadded ball and then you just use one side of that ball <laughs> you know up down up and you're good to go and here's the other thing like when I say up down up I don't mean with the same I, I know people who like actually like use the same little wad and they'll like like, rub their butthole up and down. <laughs> like, why would you fucking do that? You're just spreading shit around on you. You're supposed to be wiping it off. So, so okay, maybe this is gross. Uh, I warned you. But you start from one side and you push to the other and drop. That's it! Don't go back over it. You just fucking wipe it off. And then you get a new little whatever piece and then you go the opposite way. La, la, la. Because you got to get, you know, you got a little pucker. So you got to get all the little crevices of said pucker. <laughs> And you get a third one just to make sure you did the job right. And th that's sort of the validation one. And I know you don't always look at your toilet paper, but sometimes you do. And if the off chance that you look at it and it's clean, it's a sense of satisfaction. That's great. So you do your little wipey wipe. You're content with that. And then you uh, move your hand out from behind your ass. And yeah, if you're one of those weirdos that reaches between, like, through the front of between your legs to wipe your ass, yeah, that's weird. That is not how the rest of the world does it. You are fucking weird. I know grown men who've admitted to doing this. They reach between... I don't... I mean, do you have to, like, tuck... Like, pull up and over your junk against your... Like, sort of nestle it against your leg? And then go under? And then, like, bring it... So, are you, like... Are you trying to push the shit to your back? Or are you trying to, like, bring it up to your balls? Because either way, it's not a good scenario. Like, just... You don't have to tuck or shift your body or, or jiggle, get, like, a, a gyration going and sort of go in. It's like it's like waiting for a double dutch. you got to wait for your, your your time to jump in and, wow, wipe and drop. Wow, wipe and drop as the balls swing to the other side. Don't even worry about it. Go around the back. Yeah, lean forward a little bit. Uh, perch up on one butt cheek if you have to. Whatever you got to do. But don't wipe from the front. That's just weird. Okay, I'm, I'm really talking a lot longer about wiping your ass than I thought I would, but I haven't even gotten to the point. Yeah, every once in a while, for some crazy fucking reason, you're going to get poop on your finger. Like, you're not going to plan it. It's like biting your cheek. Yeah, you don't plan it. It just sort of happens. You misjudged the spread. <laughs> Maybe you had a, a, an assault down there or something. But, uh, yeah, what do you do about that? I mean, the obvious thing is you get more toilet paper, wipe your finger off, try not to use your finger at all when you're pulling your pants up and zipping up and, you know, touching everything else. But it happened. It's there. And if there's one thing that sticks, it's funk. It's poo funk. That does not go away. So even if it actually really does go away, 
in your head, it does not go away. Your finger is still going to smell like shit, no matter how long you scrub it with soap and hot water for the rest of the day. You are a shit finger now. And yeah, that's right, whenever you open a door, shit door handle now. You're going to play with your mouse on your computer, shit mouse computer now. You're going to shake hands with someone and then you can fucking stink palm them. It is everywhere. It is pervasive. And only you can smell it. And you just, it's, it ruins the entire day because you just had a little tiny disgusting mound of poo on your finger and you don't know where or how you got it but it's there <laughs> poo <laughs> I, I really I've always questioned doing these segments because uh, it may speak volumes about the type of person I am um, but it's, it's really sort of embarrassing stuff, it's uh, disgusting at times, it's very quirky and weird, but I warned you not to listen, so you can't really hold it against me. And you know what? I don't care who you are. Uh, I don't care if you're the Queen of England or if you're the President. You've had poop on your finger before. So don't take the high ground on me. I know. I speak the fucking truth, people. <laughs> I've smelled your stinky finger before. And I didn't like it at all. <laughs> yeah, this is my life. Alright, well that's going to do it for another show. I'm going to end it there. Thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. I would love to hear from you. Visit the website 9centspodcast.com and send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com. Let me know of any suggestions, critiques, corrections, or general comments you might have. You can visit the SatanNet, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, or MySpace page for 9 cents and get updated on weekly topics. Listen to the show at RadioFreeSatan.com or download the show Monday nights via my RSS feed found at 9 Cents excuse me, podcast.com. You can also subscribe via iTunes by searching 9 cents, and don't forget to leave a rating and or comment if you do. No, seriously, there's some shitty satanic podcasts that pop up when you search for satanic podcasts. There are really, like, not Satanist-run satanic podcasts that pop up when you search for satanic podcasts. So, you know, help everyone out. Uh, let's, let's get them. I mean, Satanism today should be number one, and actually most often is. But then there's some weird ones, and then there's mine. Let's try to uh, even the odds a little bit, all right? Let's get the actual Satanists, who are actually members of the Church of Satan, a little higher on that list, so the information that people are getting about Satanism is actually Satanic! Ha! Think about it! It would be amazing, right? And you can do this. You can actually help in doing this by going to iTunes. Create an account if you don't already have one, just so you can give me a damn rating. And uh, if you'd like to give me a comment, that'd be awesome, too. And... Spreading word about the show. Yeah, do me a favor, man. Uh, post the link out there to your friends. Um, if you're not outed as a Satanist, post it as like, what the fuck is this? 9centspodcast.com. You know, what kind of weirdo would listen to this shit? Put it out there, because guess what? Out of all the people who listen to it, one of them is going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> out of an absent number, one will like it. <laughs> so who knows? You know, help a brother out, man. <laughs> if you'd like to learn more about the Church of Satan, visit churchofsatan.com. And if you'd like to hear other fine satanic voices, music, or personalities, visit radiofreesatan.com, an online streaming radio station. Now, once again, thank you for joining me, and as always, I'm your host, Adam Campbell, and until next week, Hail Satan!